0: Welcome to podcast 247 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Dave and Mr. Madden. Hello chaps. Hello.
1: Still on Real Names. Loving the real name buzz. Yep. Government name,
0: as Dave said.
1: (laughs) David as a parody, verified, you mean,
0: David. Oh yeah, of course. Yes. Hello. Uh, uh, Following some discussions with Miss Holly Percival following last week... Dave was able to uh, get that big old blue tick. So congratulations, David. Literally up the ticks. Nice to see you've been flaunting it as well.
1: <laughs> Dave, have you had anything happen to you since you've been verified on Twitter? Please, please let us
2: um, know. Other than people from Korea trying to hack my account now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's normal, to be fair.
1: Your Tinder account or your Twitter no, account?
2: Twitter. Uh, some weird... Um, you know those they're verified accounts that follow about hundred thousand people as well. I had a few of them follow me. But other than that, it's just normal normal life.
0: Well, well we'll we'll be sad when you go, Dave. Uh, well, by the by the
2: <laughs> way, I don't know if people re- I don't know if you mentioned it, but Matt and, and Matt are actually sat right next to each other recording this podcast. So um, Yes. If they have yeah. banter like if they're touching each other's legs and start laughing at each other mid pod, then you
0: know. I mean you have you have absolutely giving the game Sorry, away I'm uh, <laughs> definitely doing a, a Carragher Henri style leg touch and if, Matt, if Matt wins the quiz you know why
2: <laughs> 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 I currently
1: have a tablet and my phone on my lap just in case yeah. it's, it's just running oh. interference here that's, um, what it is. that's what it is but, but right. yes we're. do we need to explain why we're in the same room face to face in person for the mean, folks, we will no? be
0: recording more podcasts with more of us later in the week as uh, it is uh Mr. Dupe's thirtieth. Well, it was on Monday, and as a result of Mr. Madden coming down for for work-related purposes, um, conveniently, conveniently, <laughs> it happened to be um, that as he will be there on at the weekend as well. But we figured, why not record this one live as well? And uh, yeah, so that's what's happened, really. So thanks for outing it all, Dave. You've ruined oh, lives here. That's fine. Um, anyway, um, on this week's pod, we have. Save focus from David on from the the Wolves save, and we are also going to be covering for our spotlight the the day after the night before, but more on that in a moment. So David, taketh awayeth with your Portch Wolves update. Thank please. you.
2: Yeah, it feels like a while since I've spoken about it because I haven't actually played uh, for a while. <laughs> I hadn't played the game for a few weeks, but this week has been the first time in a while I've actually been able to sit down, got the laptop out, and started playing a bit of. Uh, the Portugal save again. So I think when I picked it up um, most recently, uh, it was sort of right at the end of the January transfer window. I think I'm in season three now. Uh, Am I? Yeah, season two or season three. Um, And we had, i just signed Giovanni Reina. So if people haven't listened for a while, basically the premise of the save was that I can only sign players and staff of Portuguese descent. Um and Giovanni Reina does actually have Portugal as a second nationality, um so he I'm pretty sure he's got about twelve different nationalities he has. Um, he's American, English. I think he's Irish yeah, as well though. Something <laughs> in there. It's probably Maltese as well. Um, yeah. So we we've signed him. I actually made an offer right at the start of the window, was accepted, and he rejected my contract offer. Um, but I went in right on deadline day, and and he. Turned around and accepted it. So real good uh, bit of quality added to my left wing as like an inside forward or inverted winger. Um, and the season's been going really well. Uh, predominantly playing a similar formation to how Wolves had in real life. But I changed things up a little bit. Um, I've gone with like a 4-3-3 formation now with two wingers and a striker. It's a similar tactic to what I used. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember around Christmas, uh, the little season with Newcastle. Did really well with them. So I'm using quite a similar system to that uh, and done and done quite well. Got a really strong run um, in the league. Pushed, I'm not going to say push for the title, but I wasn't too far away. Uh, it went down to the last few games of the season and I, I dropped a couple of points. So I think Liverpool won it in the end by about seven points. Um, so it was it finished Liverpool first, uh, City second and us in third. So we've qualified for the Champions League. We're going all guns blazing in the Europa League. It smashed our group i uh, done really well, smashed um sporting in the quarterfinals. And then we played up against Inter and um they 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 smashed us to be fair. So got knocked out in the semi-final of the Europa League. So they're playing Liverpool in the final. Um but a, a decent season. We our, our team's grown massively. I've still got a lot of money in the bank. Still sort of um and R ah and over a few players to sign um in going into the next season because I want to try and push for the title. Um I know Mad's mentioned a couple of times trying to bring cristiano ronaldo in had him as my top target and had scouts going to his games all season get to the end of the season where his united contracts up and he s- decides to retire so it's probably be- probably because i <laughs> probably because i was chasing him to be honest so um yeah he decided to retire so i don't although we're in the champions league i still don't think we're quite at that level to be attracting the top portuguese players Tried to be getting Raphael Le out.
0: Thought, I'm not playing for that shine. Yeah,
2: I know. <laughs> tried to get Raphael Le out. He's not interested. Um been looking at Fabio Carvalho, the lad from Fulham, um, for a while. Um because he's actually English as well. He's well pot you know, he's homegrown, so works for registration. Um, but he had a relegation clause of about twenty million and I was like, do I want to pay the money? Um so in the end, there were teams sniffing around him. So I have triggered it. I'm going to bring him in. So I'm still at the start of the summer window at the moment. So not much transfer dealings have happened, uh, but definitely going to be an intriguing summer ahead with, with players. I've got a couple of, you know, Jimenez is still there. He finished my top scorer last season, but he's 33 now. So it's probably the right time to sell if I could still get a decent amount of money for him. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting window.
1: Dave, can we talk about Fabio Silva? Um, because so like obviously you know, for for those that don't know, Dave Azapardi a party is the Wolves researcher for football manager. <laughs> but like, the, Fabio Silva has been outstanding in the last few versions of FM, like to the point where he's been nearly one of the best strikers in easily the last two versions. I would say, I'm, I maybe it's too soon in your save now, but like, is he is he first choice for you? Is he scoring goals? How how are his attributes? I in my own save, I've I've rarely come across him. Yeah, so I'm just wondering, like, um. Is he, is he actually set up to be as much of a, a wonder kid or a top striker in this year's version of the game?
2: I think he's a potential ability, if I remember right, I can't remember if he dropped down slightly or not. Uh, I can't quite remember exactly, but he's still okay. He's phenomenal in the Europa League for me. Like he's, um, he, he finished top scorer in the Europa League and it was one of those situations where I was sort of playing him as in the league I'm playing Fabio in the Europa League and he was lethal. Um, so he he's been really, really strong. There were times throughout the season where I was thinking maybe I should bring in another striker. Um there's a lad who I think in real life is on loan at Udinese, a Portuguese striker called Beto. Tall guy. I think he's like six foot five, yes. quick, good finisher. So just fm all over really so he's somebody that i'm looking at but silver's still really good i've seen a couple of people i think raz has been managing him as well and he's doing quite well but i enjoy using him really uh a good striker that causes problems for the defenders but i don't know i don't know how much more uh, and how much longer the whole Fabio silva wonderkid thing is is going to last. Because very, very soon I'm going to have to set his potential ability on FM. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to be as high as it's been in uh, yeah. recent
1: years. Interesting indeed. And are there any other um, kind of... I think we talked about this in the early days. Have you picked up on any other unexpectedly Portuguese players in addition to to Giovanni Reina? who uh, also kind of have Portuguese nationalities or anyone else that stands out uh,
2: I got. I signed uh, Angel Gomez at the start of the year so the lad from United oh, yeah, yeah. he obviously played I think he plays for Lille right now he was out on loan at Boa Vista I think in Portugal so he's part Portuguese um I haven't signed him yet, but Liveramento is obviously somebody that I'm looking at as well from Southampton. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but there are there are a few. There's a lot of. There's a guy called um, I think he plays a Braga in real life. Ali Musrati. He actually plays for Libya, but be- I think it's because he's played in Portugal so long. He's part Portuguese. A lot of plays from Israel. Um, there's a guy called Mana Solomon that I've been looking at who plays. I think he plays for oh, yeah, Shakhtar. Yeah, yeah. He's a really decent winger. He is a really good player. Um, and there's a lot of players from Liechtenstein as well. There's a couple of good li- players from Lichtenstein in game that are part Portuguese. So, not so much players that have signed as of yet. Um, but there's definitely a-, a few decent ballers on there that are going to be eligible for us long term.
1: Dave loves Shakhtar. Throwback to the quiz where he was just guessing every player <laughs> came from Shakhtar,
0: the Brazilian players.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: I forgot about that.
0: <laughs> uh the quiz isn't on Shakhtar, is it just for uh, we wait and see man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes um but thank you for that dave um uh, is is there any danger of you streaming it a bit more anytime soon
2: i think i think i need to because i checked my stream stats of this month and i haven't streamed in the whole of april so i have to dust Up off just uh, off the obs very soon
0: excellent excellent um Anyway, off to our spotlight for this week, which is the day after the night before. So one of the biggest parts of success on Football Manager is how you prepare your squad ahead of the games. Uh, But how much do you actually do after the match? Uh, Win or lose, there's praise, criticism and evaluation to be done. So we're going to talk now about how we deal with things after all is said and done once the final whistle is blown. Uh, right, so I guess the first thing we should start off on is is player interaction. Um, what do we? Like how do we? Uh, I guess because it it kind of ties into morale, and it will depend on the the, the overall result. But um, what do we do w- when it comes to players, um, especially when it comes to the magic F word? But we'll get to that in a moment. We don't swear on this podcast. Uh, I mean... Fuck no. Fuck no, yeah. Fuck no, yeah. <laughs> so we fucking
1: do, but... <laughs> I mean, we're definitely going to get to the F, right? I knew it was coming, and, and, and this is going to be another excuse for Matt to have a go at me. Um, in person this time, so... But yeah. to talk about the praising one, because, I mean, we were all big believers in the morale manager to an extent. Um, the I suppose... Where I would normally kind of without even thinking about it, you'd normally if you play a good game, particularly or you've got a guy who scores two goals, like in my case, it's usually Adam Armstrong because not many other of my players scoring goals, and you know you'd always do the kind of praise at the end of a game, and you'd see that he'll you know the the colour will go green that he's he's happy with the feedback. But the question I kind of wanted to ask on this topic is, am I foolish then to go and praise him uh you know outside of the game you know after the game you proceed into the into the menu and then go and praise him to the media so cuz I've praised him in the dressing room and then you can go and praise it kind of more publicly like I feel like it's just okay right just get over it or he's not going to shag it you know <laughs> 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 and uh, how much how much is too much in terms of overkill on the old praising I suppose is my question
0: um i mean from from my perspective when it comes to praise i don't i will do the initial team talk but or criticism for that matter i'll do the usual so i'll go do the team first and just pick what is the most appropriate it doesn't necessarily have to be the one that my assistant suggests but if i'm expected to win i i think this is more down to sort of how long we've been playing the game now you kind of know which one to pick um uh, so i'll i'll if we've battered a team 5-0 i'll pick the one where i'm delighted if we've if we've narrowly beaten someone we should have battered i'll be like well done um, but it's all about keeping that morale high. But unless a player gets above uh, a nine, I don't dole out individual praise. So they have to get the magical nine to get the delighted. You're hurt I am, I am. But the, the thing is, though, it keeps... I feel like whether it's a bit of a placebo thing, I think that I get better performances out of players or at least more consistent performances because um, that way you're not over-praising, which can lead to complacency. Um, for the other side of it, if they've had an absolute shocker, then anything below a 6.4, I will give them a bollocking. But that the severity of the bollocking depends on how bad they've been. Um, I think
1: that I just have to intervene here. There's a line from a song that I think perfect. It must have been written about nerd Nerdphonics approach to football manager because the line from the song is, "See, I reckon you're about an eight or a nine, maybe even nine and a half in four beers time." <laughs> I think Matt needs to be pissed to throw out
0: the praise, otherwise he's not doing it. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm taking my management skills from Mike Skinner, apparently. Yes. Uh, <laughs> streets will never forget. Yeah, it, I mean, they literally wrote the songs. You'd yeah, hope sure. not. Uh, yeah. But. <laughs>
2: <coughs> what what, what no. I was going to say, um, one of the most important things, and I think this is definitely for new players, is that although you it gives you the option to praise players or be negative to players or whatever, your, your squad aren't stupid. Like Matt, you said there, if you get a narrow win against maybe a team you should have battered, if you go to the team and say, oh my God, that was absolutely fantastic, well done, they're going to be like, what's he on about? We're like, we should have these by three or four more goals. I think it's that sort of fine line between actually, you know, yes, you don't want to be, well, depending on on what manager you are, you don't want to be too, you know, if you win the game, you don't want to be throwing the water bottle. But at the same time, you don't want to be sort of overdoing the praise. You've got to sort of, in your mind, know the sort of level of opposition that you're playing as well. And that will obviously tie into a couple of the other things that, I know this is post-match, but a couple of the other things that you do pre-match to sort of suss out and know what level of opposition is. I very rarely do... Um, In the team talk section, I very rarely do individual praise or or criticism there, but that's something I will do sort of on the main screen and in an individual private chat with the player. Um, So normally, if their player have a really good rating or score a couple of goals, and then I'll pick. And again, that's something where, again, the player isn't stupid. If you've got a player, a defender, that's maybe played an eight and scored two goals from a corner... There's no point in you going to him saying, Oh mate, your your tackles are fantastic in this game. Because then he'll be like, Well, what about my two two goals that I just scored as well? So you do there is sort of a fine line sometimes between
1: what you actually say to say to a player. And Dave, are you a are you a put the arm around the lad, you know, telling him he's had a good game? Are you a shake hands or are you kinda like Shrug. You know, you, do any of you use those gestures? I d- do. You I, find do. Them and I, ger- I generally go for
0: the the put the arm around, especially because I I think it. Whilst it's, I don't really know if it makes any difference or not, but like I use it for. I guess managing morale over a season. And also, it me like I have good relationships with a lot of players in my team. Like, if you go and look, at, actually look at the, like I can and I can get that quite quickly within a, over the space of about ten games. If I'm using the arm around or like making sure that, especially if you've got a young team, I feel. And again, it could be complete bollocks, but I, I at least I feel like it. It fits like I'm. I'm a hard taskmaster, but you will get the praise when you deserve it. Um, and I'm always like, the, I think my, when it comes to like the, the, your ratings about how you, how like how you man manage, it said my, like it says your door is always open. So that is like, I will, I'll always like, uh, I will always use the, the more friendly version if I feel like they need it. Or likewise, if I'm going to criticize a player who's had a poor game, I will, I will equally say like, it almost goes through stages so it'll be like put arm around, like don't do that again, you little prick. Then the next one, it's like less loving, and then if they've just continued to do it, it's like you're a, you're a shitbag, bag, fuck off. Uh much like you would, like I guess with a with a child in school or your own child, it's like you you get them a give them a pass if they do it once. If they do it twice, then then you get a bit more harsh, and then it's like fuck them after that point. And that's how I. How I generally tend to go, although I don't, when it comes to like individual criticism, unless it's training, I tend to avoid it because of the magical F word. And I th- it, it, whilst I think we know, most people know about the determination hack, <laughs> where if you, if you find a player who gets lower than a 6.4, it, it can, not always, it depends on the player, it can increase their determination or work rate or both, um, depending on the type of player that they are. But it, by doing that that i um and applying it consistently across the squad regardless of whether I like you as a player or not I feel like I get better consistency and throughout the season at least it, maybe at the start I'll have a few weeks where i'm i'm finding a lot more players over like the first three months of a season but then usually they dry up quite quickly and it'll only be sort of fleeting or few and far between where i actually end up having to find them loads because they've kind of got used to it um and because obviously that 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 fine is also outside of the code of conduct as well so i'm it's because it's a based on poor performance rather than due to suspension or going AWOL from training or anything like that but it seems to work like i managed to get the absolute maximum out of a Groningen team that I had, like I was expected to get relegated from the Eredivisie because they've got no funding at all in comparison to the the even like the the teams that were around me. I had the lowest funding, I think, in the the entire league. Players would I wouldn't re-sign contracts because I had no money, and you compare that to someone who's like Ajax, who get in the Champions League every single year. They have spending power to blow everyone out of the water. They'd signed. Tongay uh, Ndombele from Spurs for an exorbitant amount of money and his his wages alone, I think they had two players who, if you combine them, they have more than my entire wage bill. So to be able to sort of squeeze the blood out of the stone, I felt like I have to be that person. Uh, and also it, it seems to get success. So that's why I do it.
1: Yeah, uh, you've paid, you you've probably just doubled your wage budget by finding everyone. Uh, every- <laughs> but, but for the for the first three months, he pays months, them yeah. and then he takes it back. Yeah, well, exactly.
0: <laughs> but it does like, but it's only like it's 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 only half a week's wages. Yeah, yeah. So it's never like it, it's never going to be crazy money. But I, 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 when we spoke about it before, when you were like you were getting shit performances out of players and mm. you didn't know how to correct it, mm. I I wish I'd have started logging it because I've done it every because I've yeah. done it from the start of the save accumulatively, I, I, I would love to have known like through through like Billericay and all of the other teams I've managed throughout this. How, how much you find how much I've actually saved off the various wage budgets. Uh, I wonder if you can actually Did find that in the finances or whether it's actually tracked properly, because you'd only you'd never be able to get it fully because obviously that would if it is if fined is an item in finances, I'd imagine it's all of the fines rather than just like yeah. individual manager like manager discretionary fines
1: it'd be interesting to see like
0: yeah like how, especially if you're consistently doing it
1: in a save over let's say five seasons at different clubs how much you're amalgamating and then if there was some way of connecting that to i mean you'd probably have to do it manually but con- like you said connecting it to improvements in performance or particularly like determination or work rate um i still just can't get the picture of my head where like one week matt is putting the arm around the players saying oh yeah well, you know well done a great game and then he's literally finding him the week after and these players are just they, you know they want they want you to love them but they have fe- but they that's it you get
0: the consistency though through that because usually they don't won't. that they are they the the poor performances do become fewer throughout a season mm. so you and and you will i think most players will get a 7 out of 10 you'll get the occasional like, as a team Like It's a good, solid performance, and it has to be, whereas you get the occasional eight or nine, and then they get the individual praise. But I think that 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 does... It it seems to work for me, Um, whether it'll work for everyone else. I think it's more the consistency in which I apply the... The policy, like it's my own policy, but it's the way it's applied that I think helps because you're not getting preferential treatment for anyone, mm. even if it's a player I like. They they will get treated exactly the same. I think that's the. There's that's no the way key you part. would ever find two guy, two guy. No, but, uh, to be fair, like uh, if you, I don't know if anyone's heard any of the stories about two guy. Like uh, half time, Just take his cigarette off. Yeah, like he would, <laughs> he would, um he would frequently go and hide in the refs room or around the refs toilet. And like he'd he'd like chain smoke about three cigarettes. Jeez. Like at half time. And just and then just carry on strolling around. Uh, it, it wouldn't be until like particularly when Sunus was there as manager, it wouldn't be until he's like, Where, where's two guy? And, he's like, and you just see this smoke billowing out from this like the, the referee's toilet. And then <laughs> nowadays it would probably be like you know Jack Relish is inside in the cubicle with a vape. Yeah, I don't. I think these are the sorts of things you probably don't get these days because nah, how how like you would have thought like like professional football in the early 2000s or early to late late 2000s was was better than it is in the 90s but he, like now it's just got another level anyway we are getting massively <laughs> off piste with this so apologies <laughs> um everyone can uh, i ask one more question about fines in general
1: maybe yeah. it's fm or real life where does the money from a fine go in fm and or real life
0: in real life that would go like well me and Chris dave fire, like lis- I was going to say like me and dave listen to quite a lot of uh, the under the kosh podcasts yeah. which are yeah. with sort of former footballers from I guess our era. It's John Parkin. Isn't it? John yeah, Parkin, yeah. Chris Brown, yeah, and some random awful chief. comedian. Yeah, yeah that's, chief. <laughs> but the uh, but mo- quite a lot of their guests say it either goes to a Christmas party or it goes to like a kitty for the end of season. Okay. Or the manager's um, pocket
2: in some cases.
0: If you're Paul Lambert, yeah. Or Neil Warnock, <laughs> yeah. Or Neil Warnock. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that's where in real life that's where they go. In in FM terms, I have no idea. I would imagine it just comes off your bottom line. If someone could answer that, I would no, I tweet I, us, please. I would like know. to I, I think I'll have to have a look and see if there is an item for it in your financial report because it may well be that you can maybe work it out, but you would have to know that it's only fines that are missing rather than anything else. And the conduct and everything, yeah. It's Absolutely. Cool but yeah, it'll be worth it'll be worth poking around. If it's not, feature request. Feature request. There we go. Eyes emoji indeed. Um, I think that's kind of us done for player interaction. So shall we move on to um, the next part, which I guess is like <sighs> amending. Well, actually, no. I guess press conferences. We'll we'll move to press conferences first. Cause that makes the, probably the most sense because it's like the natural progression from the individual player interaction. Like how how are. <sighs> Do you go the Mourinho route, or actually, do you go the Mourinho route in his first season at Chelsea, or do you go the Mourinho route now he's 60 and cantankerous and just throws players under the bus? Because previously, he was known for being quite protective of his team, and then two seasons after, he'd been appointed it just fall to pieces and just mm. wouldn't care anymore. Um, but do you, do you protect them, or do you you know, go for them in the press?
2: I'm... I'm pretty protective over my players, if I'm honest. There was, to, to be honest, I am quite lazy with actual sort of post-match press conferences, uh, but in the tunnel interviews and stuff like that, uh, which happen quite often when you're managing at a, a top, top flight level. Um, I am quite protective over them like for argument's sake, like oh, a lot of fans showed their concern why you didn't bring X player off And his below par performance. I don't exactly go into the press and and, and it's v- very rare You see a manager do this unless they're a, a bit of a chief. Uh, it's very rare. They go. Well, yeah, he, he, you know he, he, he was shit, you know, it's quite rare that happens. So I normally I normally defend them Um, again I don't see I think you get a bigger morale or bigger player um interaction maybe with the actual post-match press conferences rather than the tunnel interviews i'm not saying they don't have any effect uh because i think they would uh but yeah i tend to to back them quite a lot there was a phase a few years ago on fm where i did used to used to go that Mourinho ruthless route um and almost start feuds with other managers and it would really wind them up and i'd get in the head Quite often through it, and I, 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 think I mentioned it on a podcast some years ago, um, that it it really worked for a long time where I was winding up the managers and we were getting really good wins out of it. Um, but more recently, especially in the tunnel interviews, I'm I'm pretty uh, I defend my my team uh, a lot really.
0: See, I don't have a preference really. It's whatever is the option which is second from left. Like, I know. I know it's. Spam. I know it's like a. I know it's just a a Joe trick, but my God, does it work? Like that is, like if it's not the fines that help, it's definitely that because each time, guaranteed to for players to be happy with what you said in the press, even it, like so, it, I don't even read what it is anymore. It's just spam, spam, spam. Second from left, move on, uh, and I know it'll work. So when, they, when, whenever, finally either patch that or decide to make it either a little less effective or make it so you can't do that anymore, I'm gonna hate life because it's so easy to manage morale that way. Again, it's gamifying a bit, which I kind of don't like, but equally, the fact that it's so easy to gamify, mm. uh, like knowing that that is it, that is the option, and that's the optimal option. It kind of ruins it for like. like well, am I going to sabotage myself just so I can pick another option, even though I know it's the suboptimal option?
1: Because there are there are both positive and negative things that that pop up on the second from the left option. So like, I'm I'm leaning towards another feature request here because you know we've heard about Matt putting their arm around players, finding them, saying positive things and negative things probably one after the other because he keeps clicking second on the left. I think under that manager. Personality, where we have motivation, motivator, disciplinarian. We're probably going to have to head for like split personality, just for you, man. Bipolar. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Depends on the day. Depends on the week. Well, I guess it does, though, doesn't it? Like there are there are managers in real life that are quite flippant and will will change their personality depending on who's asking the question. Mm, So, I don't think they're too drastically different, to be honest. Like the the option is. uh, it's usually like works within a range. Um, I can't remember what my media description is really like in terms of like media handling description. Anyway, like how You're I not
1: allowed to say the c word on the podcast, right? Correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not supposed to.
0: Um, but uh, the uh, one thing I will will not do, especially when it comes to to press conferences, is is trust the assistant manager with doing them. I know people like people will find that easier, but it's not like they you will sabotage your morale quicker than anything because they they won't pick the same option as you would. But that's not that's not really the biggest issue. The biggest issue is that the uh, like you have no control over what they're going to say, uh, particularly about individuals. So if there is an individual that you do want to throw under the bus, you can't. Um, and it's not... Like for something that is literally like spamming the second from the left and getting through it, it, like for the minor amount of time you spend, it is not worth the morale drop, mm. especially if you've had a shit result anyway. All it takes is the assistant manager to go a little bit rogue, and it completely fucks you. And then it takes you three games to get that back. And, it, and that's if you bounce back straight away. If you don't, like, that like is how runs end. The assistant manager effect... Because I've been streaming, obviously, to save a bit
1: more, I have started to do a bit more of the system, but that's more just to reduce the button clicking. But one of the things that used to be on my mind, I think a little bit the opposite of Dave, where I used to be very much like, oh, the players need to have a bit more self-belief. We've got the quality, just not the confidence. Moving towards like, that was bullshit, that wasn't good enough. You know, we need to sort this out on the training ground. And the more I've thought about it, I'm like, in the past I would have blatantly clicked the button that says... Oh yeah, we've got a lot to do in the training ground. We need to change things, and then I've changed fuck all. <laughs> mm. And I, I would assume the game is probably smart enough to go. Okay, you said you're going to change
0: things. You better change do, something I, I if you don't. I wonder if it actually does care. Yeah. I, I, I do wonder if it actually. You like it, to think it does. I guess if you're if you're properly role playing your manager, then you should. Like oh, mm. al- and al- alternatively, it could well be that you are just saying like. Because it also depends on again how you are role playing that manager, because it could be that you've decided if, if let's say you're in in real life that is what you're do- but you you 're protecting the players, but you equally want to send a message to the boardroom mm. so so you're saying that we're so I guess it depends on who the message that the audience of the message is for is it for the press is it for the players is it for your bosses? is it for an op- opposition manager is it th- sorry i guess all of that is that like, entirely contextual to who you're sending that message to which you don't have that level of granularity when it comes to football managers so i'm not it would be nice if it does i'm not i wouldn't know if it uh, it's a, another thing that would need to be tested and i don't know how you would test it to know if it actually matters or not like because basically you'd have to make sure you get to the point where you're having bad results, and then when you when you get the bad result, you do the same sim, but then like you make sure that you use that option and then don't change the training, yeah. and then and then go back and do it but again. How are you going to? Those like re- repeat those exact results time and time yeah. again. Like, there's I don't feel like it's an easy thing to test, it would be easy. Can we
1: just get someone from SI on I again? I was gonna say, we just get someone from SI and they <laughs> we can need tell to document us, document these questions. That's a lot we,
0: easier. Yeah, yeah, we just need the answers, we need the cheat sheet. Right? Uh, that's press conferences, anyway. I think we kind of covered that fairly well. Mm. I, I intrigued by some of your your questions mr mr Matt, though thank you um, i don't have any answers i'm just no, I, i'm no, here to learn as much I, as I, the next. I, one. I think that's that's the whole point though we it doesn't matter how long we've been playing this game mm. <laughs> there are so many things that we don't actually know and some of it is based on logical reasoning some of it is complete speculation um, and or bollocks and or bollocks i mean that is <laughs> that comes under speculation but thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um actually this follows on quite neatly from your point which was about amending training depending on results. Is this something that either of you actually do? Uh hands on ha- hands on heart no.
2: Not not so much actual training sessions but it, I I do add um like the match match debrief or match review I think it's called. So normally that is something that you can do. I think only on the day after a game, um, and it's something that Joe pushed me to yes. do quite a lot, um, especially during the Pentagon Challenge, when I was struggling in certain games. You know, when we weren't, you know, we could go on a really good run and then have a really uh, poor patch of form. He said, like, you know, because we're such a big team and a strong team, you've got good players with good mentals. Um, those sort of match reviews um, are really useful and to be honest it's pretty much what most top top tier sides do even nowadays with such a big push towards the analytical side of the game i'm sure championship and league 1 level clubs do it
0: well where... oh, the, the conference do it as well like they, they they have like it may not they might not quite have the the theatre the, the yeah. likes of city city and spurs have but they will that you do have match review. I can't remember who who I'd seen. I've seen a, a like a non-league team um, with uh, with like showing screenshots of their of their uh, like basically match review yeah. stuff with the entire squad. So it, I d- it definitely happens lower down. It may even happen even further it, than that. Dave
1: does it. Dave does it with the... With the with the, the under-alarm yeah, yeah. under- yeah. <laughs> on, on a Sunday evening. <laughs> yeah, give a
2: Ni- Neil Warnock style, um, you know... you got going to die yeah, for exa- three points. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but so I'm surprised something like that isn't something that's standard in your training anyway. I'm surprised that it's very, you know normally you you would have to put it in yourself so I'm surprised that the assistants don't put it in uh, as, as standard to be honest but that's something that's quite useful I only tend to do it when it's been a crap game to be honest I only tend to ever put it in uh, when it's been quite poor I'm not as hands-on you know it depends how how into the save I am I'm not too hands-on with training um, if I was a lot more I'd probably put it after every game anyway to show what we've done well and sh- and show what we haven't done so well Um and normally, I, I very rarely train training to do with a previous game. Um, and I know we're talking about a sort of post-match. The only tra- amendments I make in training is normally before the next game. Um, and it's not normally based on things that we've done badly previously. So, yeah, the only the only thing I, I tend to try and do is add is add that uh, match review into the, the schedule.
1: I don't think I do a whole lot at team level as much as I should. But we've got resting written down here because I, de- I definitely do a lot of that, particularly yeah. you know as you come to the end of a game, and they're all red and they're all bolluxed. Um and particularly you know for for my save now in the championship, 46 games, add on a couple extras for the cup games and and the inevitable replay of a second round fixture against fucking Halifax or someone, um, so that comes in helpful. But I think I'm more inclined to react to like changing individual training. Because it's based on what you watch in the match engine if you're watching it on the 3D match
0: engine
1: I'll see a player do something you know we might get a game where you've only seen six or seven highlights completely overreact to go you know <laughs> he loses the ball with a you know, a bad touch or a bad dribble, and I instantly think, oh well he needs to go on a training regime <laughs> to improve that because you, you, you can only take so much visually. he's going um, to the, yeah. uh, the
0: the Bill Shankley sweatbox yeah. to improve <laughs> his first touch never coming out until he's got it done. Well, I, I I think with I I usually I think because of the I it's kind of a carryover from when I was at Bilerici in this save, but I don't. Once the season's underway, I don't do an awful lot of training. I keep my squads relatively small, and I kind of some of it's kind of enforced because like financial constraints mean that it can be difficult mm. to have like a load of players. It's not like I've got an entire second string I can just roll in when I need to. So I tend to rest players, especially if I've got more than one game in a week. Um, but also, I think it also depends on what you've promised them, because there will mm. be some players that you've promised in a like a press conference. You've said like, like "Are we going to rest players?" Or that you're going to get an extra, or even in the um, a part of the team talk, like, "Well done, lads! Here's an extra day's rest." They're then expecting mm. it, so you need to make sure you do actually give that. Or else, again, it will. You get another dent in the old morale. But the, I will pretty much as soon I will rest the entire uh, eighteen that I've had for a match day squad if they've played. Like for two days, if it's, if it's, um, even if it's just one match week, okay. uh, just, just to keep things ticking over. I think I'm. I'm always fearful, especially when it's a like. It can be a long season. The Eredivisie. Like, schedule is a bit weird like there are some weeks where you have one game there are some ga- some weeks where you have three like it's yeah. all over the place so it can be really hard in the the, the weeks where I end up having three fixtures I've pretty much been training off that entire week but that's more that's not really in in a response to ha- like that, that, that any particular match scenario that's more just managing player fitness over, like, over a season um, but yeah, I don't. I don't really tend to make too many knee-jerk reactions to, to training at all, um, even when it comes to like the individual training, and things like that I don't. Ultimately, it's the like the. You're okay. far more logical than I am. I, I think you. that's maybe what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like right. I'm gonna uh, getting that lad in on Monday, and he's gonna be working on his corners because he can't hit a fucking barn door.
1: <laughs> it's the front post. I
0: I mean you're talking about resting players what a
1: life of a manager if you're just like just going to give them two days rest which means the manager doesn't have to go to work either if I did that in work now and just gave my teams two days off someone's coming for me
0: well the thing is (laughs) your work is never done as a manager just because you're resting them like there's a million and one other things you'll be doing No, I'd be having a rest too Mm. solidarity yeah to be fair it's um, sometimes I think now I'm maybe maybe I'll be sort of one day but then the day after it's usually like the community outreach or reduced training especially if it's been a hard match or it's been a cup match that's gone to extra time so there is actually like justification to actually reduce that training because their match load is even higher than it would have been previously so i guess that is kind of like the only real reaction i'll do to to training post-match if it's been a like a cup game that's gone like gone on longer than i would have liked it to
2: i how do you rest them? Do you highlight them all in the squad screen? Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, I, see, I, I, well, I still do that. Somebody me- mentioned to me, though, uh, before that, say, I would normally do it straight after a game, so I know it's done. Um, but I don't know, and I'm pretty sure it would, would mean they skip the recovery and stuff the day after. So then I'm i then someone sort of put a doubt in my mind saying if they're skipping that recovery, aren't they a bit more prone to injuries and stuff like that? And I can't say off the top of my head that I've ever experienced it to that level, but I, I would probably assume that it might be wiser, uh, and it's a lot more clicks to be honest. It'd be a lot more wiser to go to training and just delete the a training you've got scheduled for those next two days. So you still are doing your recovery, but then you can still add stuff like community outreach and your match review and stuff if you wanted
0: to. I think generally my training is is set up to have that all in the like the the day after the match anyway. Like yeah. that's how I've got the schedule set. So I generally will leave it for like a day. So most of the Eredivisie matches, apart from the weird weeks where there are multiple fixtures, the game is always on a Saturday. Like does you don't get fixtures moved around too frequently. So I will have I'll I'll basically when it comes to the Monday after, I then put the re- I'll I'll rest everyone yeah. for for two days. So at least I'm definitely getting those recovery or the match review sessions, like like you said earlier, Dave. Like the because the match review can only happen after the match, yeah. like it, and it has to happen the day after. You don't want to miss that because mm. I think that the the positive impacts you have on a squad uh, are really good. in fact, most of my training is actually entirely match oriented as well. I don't tend to have a huge amount of any of the physical training. It's all sort of match practice based or match scenario based. So there's lots of set piece work. There's lots of other bits and pieces, especially once the season's underway, because it's not worth killing the players physically just to get that because I don't have the squad size to be able to keep it going. I'll have the player that will moan about the like the training not being up to up to oh, snuff they're always fucking but about that. exactly but then usually what i do is i put them on an individual set like individual instructions and that usually yeah. fixes it because the it's more about the load that i'm concerned about so or sometimes i'll put it down to like half intensity rather than like normal intensity but yeah it. I don't. I don't tend to make too many yeah. changes. To
2: use to use a real life example as well. I'm not sure if we've mentioned it on this podcast before, or whether I've heard it on a on a football podcast. Um, to use a real life example about the rest, when Fulham were in the Europa League, I think it was under Roy Hodgson, um, they just did no physical training whatsoever for like the last number of weeks of the season because of the workload with the matches, and just purely worked on shape so they weren't having practice mm. matches they weren't doing physical drills they were just purely working on shape and that's that was the, how they were keeping their energy levels quite high and obviously in the end they did, did quite well in the european competition so that was a, that's a real life example there of actually pretty much working quite well
0: well you mentioning mentioning shape has brought us on to our, our fourth and i guess final point which is amending tactics uh, so the, I guess it, again, it's entirely dependent on dependent on the the result and whether it's positive or negative in your favour. But the scenario we'll work with at least initially is you've suffered a loss. It doesn't matter if it's heavy or not, but you've suffered a loss. Do you will you panic and make changes, or are you are you going to be likely to uh, stick with it and just hope the next fixture? Um, you're able to turn it around.
2: I think. I think it's one of those where, and it's sort of similar to what you said in regards to the training. Like you're not going to just do one thing just because your player couldn't be the first man a couple of times off a corner. I think in terms of tactics, it's very rare you just change it after one bad result. It's normally something that builds up over a number of games name or a number is of weeks.
0: Doctor Benji. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I think I think there are. There's definitely games that will tip you over the edge, or definitely games you know sometimes you can normally tell after 20 minutes if it's something that you're going to you're going to be fed up with um but yeah i think that is normally something that builds up over a, a number of games or weeks if you're only sort of two games into the season um and you've lost both games you wouldn't panic so much because that's a system that you've trained all throughout pre-season with uh, but if it is getting to a point where four or five games in and you can't even buy a goal that's when you've got to be looking to sort of press the panic button and uh, start getting back to the drawing board in terms of tactics, really.
0: See, I d- I had exactly that scenario in my Gonnigan save. So I'd been using the same tactic at every single team, and it'd been fine. It was like a a four four two with inverted wingers, uh, and it pretty much decimated everyone else. But I think that it may have been due to. The, maybe the quality of my players versus the rest of the league being higher, and so I could get away with like the tactics needing to be a bit more refined. But at Groningen, I got kind of i I got found out pretty quickly, and I would got to probably I think ten games in, and nothing was working. So in the end, I um I I, just, I sort of thought I need to ditch this, and because morale was. You know, n- going to get to that point where I'm never going to recover it. So I sort of rethought things. I thought, what what is the tactic that is going to work best with the players that I've got, rather than trying to, you know, fit square pegs into round holes? So I had a big chat- tactical switch, <laughs> but it it worked in the end, and that's what I, I mean. I finished fourth in the league, and I I was really struggling. I didn't. I mean I had a bad run of games to start with but at the same time I knew tactically it wasn't working um, but yeah I do think you're completely right Dave like that if you're changing tactics game after like game to game hoping that something will work you'll never find out what is wrong in yeah. the first place and I think I think maybe that's more how I guess with us being experienced players you don't do that and also the fact that The past few FMs have always rewarded you for being consistent with tactics. That's why you get all of the the lovely green um, lines between players who've played together for a long time. Because those those inter-player relationships are really important and vital to how well a tactic will actually work. So having tactical tactical consistency is worth its weight in gold. So yeah, making swathing changes yeah is not going to be conducive to actually getting like if you are in a rut that by changing it all the time you're not going to get out of it.
2: Yeah, and that's what that's one of the biggest things that have changed on football manager in recent years. You know, it's not like in 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 the, in the last couple of years, obviously FM Touch has been the game to play if you wanted to do that sort of thing because tactical familiarity is a really a thing. Um, and I know sort of tactics now in in terms of content and YouTube and Twitch and everything, tactics has become such a big thing now. And it would be interesting to see how many more people would be using the likes of FM Touch to be testing these, you know, tactics that score you 3,000 goals a season or whatever. Uh, But now on Full Fat FM, it's it's not like that. Like you said, you've got these green lines, you've got that tactical familiarity. And that's one of the things that has changed the most on, on Football Manager. So you do have to be consistent with it. And I think, you know, it's pretty obvious when a tactic isn't working, um. But sometimes, if you're patient with it and and you can tweak little things here and there, I think that's what you can get away with. One or two instruction changes or a player role change game to game. But you can't just keep shifting the whole shape and every single player role from game to game. You, you're never going to get away with it.
0: It does baffle me the amount of people that say oh, it doesn't matter. It really does. The game tells you it matters. Yeah. Like in if you if you're wondering why you can't. Like your your team isn't performing, or you're making silly mistakes, the game will tell you like your morale is either low, or the squad harmony is low, tactical familiarity is low, and you get penal. Uh, once you add all of those three th- three things up, you're penalised like something crazy. Like I think it's either like twenty or thirty percent of how effective your team should be now i don't know obviously that the, the full maths behind it but regardless of whether it's using your ca like like max ca that you, your team has available for for that or when it comes to consistency or the likelihood of passes to be completed whatever it is you reduce anything by that amount and it's not going to be optimal mm. so so the people that suggest that not having tactical consistency or just, you know, optimising that, yes, you're having to play the game, as it were, a little bit, but at the same time you don't get too many managers make, like, massive changes in real life throughout the season. They'll set up in in pre-season... And that's how they'll start, and then maybe you'll see like they'll make a signing in January, which they try to squeeze in, or they end up having to pivot because they've got an injury or something like that. But it's never drastic. You don't get a team like or, like they'll start a season as a four two three one in 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 general, and then all of a sudden switch to five at the back. Yeah, like unless it's something that they've worked on during preseason. Exception. Steve Bruce, Newcastle. Four at
1: the back, five at the back, three. Fucking, he just kept changing it Because he didn't know What he wanted
0: And where is he now Str- Doing <clears throat> exactly the same thing At West Brom And got- seeing them Drop like a stone so He's he got rules. Andy Carroll uh, He hasn't anymore yeah. uh, he's, he's gone He's going At the uh, end of the- He's got one One or two yeah. games left Bruce. Disrespect No, um, Andy Carroll, Carroll He's oh, been confirmed yeah, so As being released At the end of the season yeah. The disrespect of Andy Carroll Not having it Whereas he would have Probably If they stayed at Reading He'd have probably Got a new contract Greed yeah. Maybe Raging. Uh, Any other points, chaps, before we uh, dip into the quiz? Are we done? Wicked. Excellent. Right. Um, Mr. Madden, it it is all of yours' responsibilities. It's time for the quiz.
1: This this can only go well because um, I wrote this quiz on the plane on my tablet and I only wrote the answers and not really the questions okay so I think this can only go well <laughs> the latency as well. everyone's but,
0: a, everyone's going to be a winner
1: yeah Yeah. well I suppose in the spirit of this week's pod uh, being called the morning after the night before we have a nice alcohol themed quiz oh dear um, oh to get us prepped for the weekend for Dupe's birthday um, Dave alcohol is something you drink when you turn 18 um, up the blue games <laughs>
2: I would say I'm going <laughs> to drink you under the table man um, but with you I'm definitely not
1: yeah, you wouldn't. Be, you wouldn't know no. by, by the end of this week. You wouldn't know. Yeah. Let's see. So basically, all of the answers to my questions are going to be football or football manager related. See, this is, have this, an
0: is this is where I thought you were going to get us to ask the question for the answer you've written down. <laughs> <laughs> that would have saved me having to think of one
1: <laughs> We just have a game of Jeopardy. Oh.
0: Maybe not. Anyway, uh, or, continue. Sorry. I'm, right.
1: Okay. So basically, um, the answers to all of my questions have an alcohol theme of sorts. Okay. So keep that in mind as I go through them. We have ten questions. We will. I mean, I'm. I don't think they're going to be so simple that Matt will buzz in first because he's beside me. Um, he, I can't see. You, yeah. Like, if, uh, also, I did leave the tablet in the room. So Dave, if he did cheat, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll know about it fairly quickly. He'll
2: do, he'll do a dupe anyway. Pretend so he didn't.
1: he'll do a dupe. Um, we're going to start with question number 1 so question 1 is england goalkeeper currently playing in the premier league dave dave
2: ben foster That's
1: good incorrect it? what is incorrect england goalkeeper current england goalkeeper i should have said nerd nerd uh, aaron ramsdale aaron ramsdale Ale. Yeah. is the correct oh
2: answer oh my that is gash no, that's, man that's, that's where ben we Foster's are so yeah. Ben that's
0: where we are Ben Foster <laughs> yeah that is I didn't I, I thought oh, is it Ramsden's Ramsden's that's the restaurant no. I'm, Yeah, no, poor, no, I'm no, disappointed no, I mean, me that man it was, it was the borough sponsor I was get, going for anyway never mind anyway we'll give Dave half a point for, for more <laughs>
1: half a point is Foster still playing <laughs> or drinking alright question number two This football manager content creator has a very close club connection with a football team in Scandinavia. So, a football manager content creator. Dave,
2: Dave, Dave, Dave. Dave. Tony Jameson's. Tony Jameson. Not
1: the Jameson.
2: Big
0: up, Toby. I was th- thought you were going for Jack, and I was like, "No, well, I thought you were going for the, the Alcohol involved there. <laughs> I was he's finished." <laughs> 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 no, you know, not in you know. here.
1: Right. Next question: A very well-known uh, wonder kid from the CM 0102 days, I'm out. striker hailing from Eastern Europe.
2: <laughs> Matt, this is all yours. You know, I wasn't even born. Probably, I was, but.
0: Uh, you were definitely brought there. Yeah. you've definitely
1: like heard that. of this guy, Dave. He was also in the news in the past year, and we even did a little bit of a featurette on him on the oh, Five Star okay. Park, didn't we, Matt?
0: I don't, I don't know how that. <laughs> don't I? Where is he from, Scant? Dave. I don't think he's oh. right.
1: Go on, Dave.
2: I don't think he's right. Yari Litmanen.
1: No, incorrect. Let's put lit. Um, <laughs> we're getting lit tonight.
0: I don't. <laughs> uh, it's not. Uh, Maxim. It's Alco, I can't remember how I'm supposed to pronounce <laughs> that. But I don't know how, like, it works for alcohol.
1: I'll give you a point, Matt. The answer is Maxim Tigalco. Yeah, Alco. Fucking he hell! You, you can Fucking tell you wrote hell. this on the plate. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> me! That's it, tenuous.
2: That bad, At
0: best.
1: I became an Alco on the Ryanair plane, Dave. To be honest,
0: Alco. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hell. <That's laughs> name on <our North> <laughs> all star all over are all over the like Like Madeira. and I was like, "Is Madeira even an alcohol?" That's, that's a name on all star days.
1: They are not that is, yeah. hashtag coaching. Yeah. I'm going to try I'm going to try this with Curti at the weekend now and we'll see if he approves he'll go mad at question that question number one. four yeah question number four wonder kid wingback in current FM playing in the Dutch league Dave Dave Owen Weindahl Owen oh. Weindahl yes see it's getting a little bit better this is such a
2: this is such a you dark you huh? know it
0: really is. Like I, I, I was expecting like actual drinks like, like I, I thought it was, was thought gonna be gonna like Gaza ben
2: Foster dentist chair is, questions and yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: So what you need to know is that I for every drink I had on the plane I just found a, a yeah. question and an answer for you it. Yeah, the menu about it so, this flight free. as well. So wine
2: down.
1: It went well, it went well. Question number five. A Swedish fullback currently playing in the Premier League.
0: Nerd no, it's going to be Emil Craft Beer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've got it now. <laughs> now he's down to the level. My excuse there <laughs> was that the question
2: cut out because of, of your latency, I a Oh, apologies,
1: Dave. Apologies. Another half a point. <laughs> right. So we're on question number six. German football team playing in the second tier of German football. Which is the Bundesliga? Schwei
0: Bundesliga, Liga two, Schweibundesliga. T- Bundesliga. Yes.
1: So. Trying to think who
2: plays in there these days.
1: Bearing in mind that this, the topic of this week's pod is called "The Morning After the Night Before." Um, struggling. Dave, I'll give you a clue. You're going to have one of these on Sunday morning after Dupe's birthday.
0: Morning after pill. What? <laughs> 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 what? Well, I didn't do to that. Viagra, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I ain't.
2: I ain't got a clue. Full oh, English FC. Oh, I ain't got a Scooby. <laughs>
1: Full English FC. We were looking for Hanover. Oh, Hanover, okay, FC. right. Oh, I right. get you. Like, yeah, in okay. the mud. There's the people mod definitely
2: boy. screaming at the the pod for that one. That was a. That was a tap in really.
1: It wasn't so back post, Dave. Uh question number seven. Former Man United Academy player has two appearances for St. Kitts and Nevis. Also
0: Nerd. Ooh, nerd. Fabian Brandy.
1: Fabian Brandy. Oh, to <laughs> the <point.
0: laughs> up the Brandy.
2: You still saw anyone, I saw him on FM.
0: Yeah,
1: it was, was awesome, decent, awesome just because he was rapid. <laughs> rapid. Rapid on the brandy right question number 8 is a German s- defender formerly of Borussia Dortmund still playing in the Bundesliga and has 46
0: caps for Germany uh, this is definitely a stretch as well oh
1: <laughs> German yeah no it's not that bad German centre half, 46 caps for Germany, now playing for Borussia Mönchengladbach and formerly of Dortmund. I got You might be inclined to, uh, to have a tonic with this with this man? Dave. Fuck. Dave. Matthias Ginter. Ginter.
0: Oh. Optic Ginter. I was, gonna, to I was Ginter. about to... I was like... It can't be Hummels because he's yeah. still at Dortmund.
1: I
2: was trying to think of something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. Get to your point, Dave. Thank well you. done. And we will go to question number nine. Jamaican attacking midfielder currently playing in the Premier League. For Aston Villa.
2: Dave. And, oh, oh,
1: bastard. Dave.
2: Leon Bailey. Bailey's.
1: Yeah.
0: Up the Bailey's. Um.
2: If you said Winger, I think we, probably both of us would have got that quite quick. Yeah. What did I say?
0: Attacking midfielder. I
1: told you I didn't write down the questions. <laughs> I only wrote down the off. answers. Quite literally. And finally, question number ten is a very well-known football team, which one of a former five-star potential member is a notorious fan and manager of within the Football Manager. <laughs> a former five-star potential member. Dave, Dave, Dave,
2: Dave.
1: I've got Dave in my ear. Oh.
2: Katie calls the shots.
1: All the shots. Yes. Shot. Point for Dave. It's Aldershot shot. Well done.
0: Shots at the. Weekend. That was the most awfully worded question I think I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. That's like, this, I like, I, I have it. no idea what English has just come out of your face. Then he's Irish. Irish. I mean, you should be well used yeah. to it. By now. Well, he's in England now, so. Next time I will actually write down the questions
1: as get well as talking. the answers. Right, so scores on the doors. We have Matthew on one, two, three, four points, but I believe
0: Dave just ahead on five. Is that counting those two half points? No. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: this week's winner of the quiz is Dave as a party. So wait, with five well, did we points. not get one?
0: Shots on you at
1: the weekend, Dave.
2: Did we not get one then? Yeah,
1: so you d- missed. Um, you missed Hanover. Oh, Han- course, Hanover, yeah. Hanover, we'll Hanover. take those. Come on. Yes, indeed. Good quiz. Well,
0: good. Call. Thank you very much for that, Matt. That was that was good. That was good.
1: I, just glad Duba is not hear
0: you. Became fuming at that quiz. Fuming, definitely fuming. Yeah. Fuming. Anyway, that brings episode 247 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting 5starpotential.com where you can find all our latest Football Manager content. 5 Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Bye, folks. Goodbye, folks.